Amen and amen. You know, what we sang just now is so, so appropriate for tonight because God is a good God. Amen? And His name is power. His name is healing. His name is victory over the evil one. Okay. So, I'm going to share with you. Uh, this is a program for tonight. All right. This is a program for tonight. Okay. Uh, we'll try and finish by 11.55 and then for five minutes before 12 midnight, we're going to do our own countdown. Better than Sydney one, huh? <laughs> better than Auckland one, huh? All right, better than all these Dubai and all these places. This is SIBKL's countdown in the presence of God. Amen? It's better than any one of those fireworks because better than all the fireworks is burned with divine fire. Amen? Burn like fire, fire within. The divine spark is better than all the fireworks which just comes and goes. After a while, it disappears into smoke. But the fire of God stays with you forever and forever. I'm going to share with you something which the Lord prompted me just a month or so ago called Greater Things to Come. Greater Things to Come. I was actually doing my quiet time in the morning and I was reading John's Gospel. And I came to this passage in... First John, John chapter 1, verse 46 to 51. And the Holy Spirit stopped me there and prompted me and said, Son, I want you to prepare this message and share it to the church on the last day of 2023 in preparation, not only for 2024, but also for the years beyond. And John chapter 1, verse 46 to 51, let me read it, I didn't put it up. It's a very, very well-known passage of Scripture. In the, when Jesus began to call his disciples, and then he came to call a man called Nathaniel. When Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, Jesus said to Nathaniel, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false, no guile in him, according to KIV, KJV. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. What a revelation. Just because Jesus saw him sitting in a tree, even before Jesus came, he had this revelation. He didn't say, Jesus, why are you so good? I got a great prophet. No. Rabbi, you are the Son of God. What? He has never met Jesus before in his entire life. And I thought that it was Peter who first said, you are the Son of God. Or it was Martha who said, no, Nathaniel. Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And then Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. And this is where the Lord prompted me. You shall now see much more greater things than this. And he added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. What greater things? Because Jesus said, 
I tell you the truth. Verily, verily. In other words, it is the truth. You shall see greater things. When Jesus said in verse 46, you believe because I told you, I saw you, is a singular plural. And then he turned to the rest of the disciples with a plural you, all of you will see greater things. In other words, the greater things part is applicable to everyone, including us. But what greater things? So if I ask people, what do you think? People will say, huh, maybe the dead will be raised, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. Yes, these are greater things. But I believe that there are much greater things which the Lord wants to share with you and share with me as we stand on the threshold of a very significant year, a new era. And I will share with you a short while what it is. You shall see greater things. Jesus elaborates. I tell you the truth, and these are the greater things. You shall see heaven open and angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. In other words, from the moment that Jesus Christ has come in the first coming, as we close and near the coming of the Lord the second time, angelic activity will increase as it did before the first coming. Before the first coming, there was a lot of angelic activity to Mary, to Elizabeth, to Joseph. Heavens opened, remember, to the shepherds. A lot of angelic activities. And it's a clue. As we now come towards nearer and nearer to the second coming of the Lord, we will see angels coming up and down upon the Son of Man. But you see, Jesus has died. No, Jesus is still alive. Where? With you. Because we have Jesus inside of us, this verse is very applicable today. Towards the coming of the Lord, we will see angels coming up and down upon the Son of Man who lives inside you, inside me. But what greater things. There are five. Hear me well. As we now approach the new year, as we approach the new era, we will see greater things. Number one, we will receive greater revelation knowledge. Why? When angels come up and down the Son of Man, incidentally, in Genesis chapter 38, Jacob, as he slept on a rock, also had the same dream. Remember that? And he related it to this and he said that I saw angels coming down, up and down the ladder and he called that the gateway to heaven, Bethel, the house of God. In other words, it is a spiritual principle. Not only applicable to that time, not only applicable to Jacob's dream, but applicable today. As we come close to the coming of the Lord and step into the new year, 
what will happen, there will be greater angelic activity for what? Uh, first purpose, bring revelation to his disciples. Only his disciples understand. We have heard this morning what Pastor Lee Chu shared about Daniel. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, Daniel says he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. In other words, as we near the second coming and enter into the new year, angels being messengers of God, like angel Gabriel, will send more revelation knowledge to you and to me so that in the coming days, we will receive direct revelation from the throne room of God and we will see more revelation and not no reason, uh, beyond reason. We will receive more discernment, less discussion. Lebe arif, kurang akal. Arif is discernment. In other words, in the coming days, if we are to understand the signs of the times, if we are to read the, the, the newspaper and read CNN and understand what is happening, like Daniel, God will now begin to tell Daniel secrets from the throne room of God only for his disciples. Through whom? Angels. Henceforth, you shall see greater things. Angels coming up and down the Son of Man, doing what? Delivering messages from the throne room and delivering prayer from you to heaven. All the more, we need to come close to God. More so, when we look at the events of the world today, I deliberately chose these four entities as coming war, that's the Israel war. Pandemics is not over yet. What is this? Financial turmoil. There's a graph going down. And what is this? What is this? AI. AI. Jesus said in the end days, it will be like the days of Lot and it will be the days of Noah. The days of Lot are the days of homosexuality, LGBT. Is it the days where, as you know, the two angels came and the whole town were lining up to have sex with the two angels? As in the last days, Jesus says, it will be like a days of Lot. What is Noah? The days of Noah, when the world ended, angels came down, bad angels, have relationship with women, and out of it came Nephilims, which are actually humanoids, transformers, super intelligent people. As in the days of Noah, transgenderism, all the sexual identities, as in the days of Lot, AI, humanoids, are now coming into fruition.
This is a one minute, 15 seconds of a five to six minute video of actually what is happening in China today. AI, whether you like it or you don't, is invading our private space. And it is prophesied in the Bible. So in the midst of all of this, we need all the more to draw closer to God. Why? Because if you and I don't, we don't know what is fake news, what is real and what is not real. Correct or not? All the more, we need to go back to the truth. That's why Jesus says, I tell you the truth. But what truth? Where is the source of truth? If you watch Mission Impossible Part 1, I'm looking for the Part 2, you will see a lot of those AI going, going on, right? You don't know who is real, who is not real in the airport. Correct or not? So it's the same. All the more, we need revelation, knowledge from God. That's why Jesus says, he who has a year in revelations to the seven churches, let him hear. Not what the world says, not what the media says, but what the Spirit says. Only the Spirit of God can download to you and to me the truth. And the only way, believe me, in the coming days, it is not even an option. We need to draw closer to God so that we can hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The second thing that will happen in greater measure is not only greater revelation, but greater warfare. When Jesus says you will see angels coming up and down, it's not only messenger angels, I believe it's also warring angels. There is a spirit of conflict and a war that is sweeping the entire world. North Korea suddenly decided, say, war is inevitable. They're not even threatened. All they need to do is fire one missile to South Korea and they will have a war. There is a spirit of death. There is a spirit of fight. There is a spirit of war in the entire atmosphere in the world. Why? Because as we near the end times of the world, warring angels are sent by God. Why? Because there is an accumulation and a gathering of spiritual forces of darkness over the world. Not only over media, but over our minds, over our families, over our children, over our businesses, over every aspect of our lives. You see, so we must remember that because spiritual warfare will intensify, the forces of darkness will gather and attack your family, God will also intensify. He will also send warring angels to war on your and my behalf. So in the coming days, there will be increasing warring angels to help us in our spiritual 
warfare. All the more, my friend, we need to draw close to God. What I'm trying to say to you today is what the Lord showed me one month ago. Hear me, hear me well. 2024 is not going to be an easy year. There will be a lot of turmoil, a lot of upheavals. We will see a lot of changes. We need to anchor ourselves and draw close to God. Believe me. Warring angels are biblical. I just wrote down a few. Isaiah chapter 37, verse 36, Hezekiah. When he was attacked by the Arameans, brought a letter to God, and God just sent one angel. 187,000 Arameans were killed. God sends warring angels. 2 Kings chapter 7, 6, four lepers. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. Let me read this to you. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16, Remember the, the servant of Elijah, Elisha, who was afraid because he was surrounded by the Arameans again. Elisha then said to the servant, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Elisha then prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Who are they? Boring angels. I want to believe in the coming days when we draw close to God and pray. That is why after this, they come an overnight prayer until 6 a.m. When we pray, we, we are asking God to send warring angels to fight for your family, to fight for your children, to fight for your businesses. Because if you and I don't do that, the enemy will come and wreak havoc in your life. Believe me, in the coming days, all this will... Of course, Revelation 12 is a final battle. And when Jesus Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, it is warfare language. It is warfare language. That is why the church must be strong because only a strong church can withstand the evil one. Right? Next slide. When Jesus, read this with me. Can you read this with me? What Jesus Christ says? All right. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Say this with me. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. One more time. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. <clears throat> so the church must be strong. Understand? That is why the theme for next year, the Lord gave to us at SIPKL, strong church, strong generations. All the more, we cannot play church. Believe me, churches that play church, they will be overcome. They will be defeated. They will fade into nothingness. 
But all the more, the church of Jesus Christ must be strong at this time and season. Why? Because the spiritual forces of darkness are gathering. They will attack your children. They will attack your businesses. They will attack your composure. They will attack your serenity, your psyche, whatever it is. That's why we have to be strong. Not only strong as a church now, but strong for generations to come. You, am I right? We have to be strong. That's why I'm so happy to see all these people here. See? Aren't you encouraged to see them? Yeah. All of them wearing the Narrow Street t-shirt. Whoa! It's amazing. So we are on the right track, understand? We are on the right track. God has shown to us, so you, you flow with us. We need to strengthen the next generation. Why? Because we ha- need to have a strong church. Strong, everything strong church? Strong generations. One more time. Strong church? Strong generations. Don't you want that? Come on, let's give God a clap offering. Shall we do that? Whoa! The third thing, you need to watch the time, is that not only when God says, you will see increased angelic activity as we come to the second coming, greater revelation He will bring, greater warfare they will wage, but believe me, greater times of refreshing. Why? Why? Because personally, I am very tired of hearing people say, Pastor, I am jaded. Five years ago, they were jaded. Five years now, they are still jaded. Five years from now, they will still be jaded. Why? Because they are very happy and comfortable in their jadedness. I am jaded. I am, you know the term languishing, I've heard it three years ago. Today, I still hear it. For the same people. Hey, what is wrong with you? You know, I told the second service this morning, composed majority senior citizens, come alive, man! And I say this to young people too. Come alive, man. Come alive. You must want to be rejuvenated. You must want to be refreshed. Look, I was tired, you know, this year. Back to back, uh, Malam Pentecostal in Kuching, 1,000 pastors in the BM. I was right in the thick of it. I was sharing to them in BM, you know, in the last session. You know how much it takes of me, you know. You know what I mean? And then, you know, and then came the, the, the Miri tribal gathering. You know, I was really preparing myself. After the two back-to-back, one month, I was totally washed out. Physically, I was tired. But spiritually, I was so refreshed, you know. I was so refreshed. I felt like jumping like a 17-year-old boy. You know? I was so refreshed. Why? Because I see results. I see fruits. I see lives change. How to be disappointed? How to be jaded more? Yeah, physically you're tired, sleep lah. Huh? <laughs> After you rest, you'll be okay, right? 
Yeah, your body is like an engine, ma. You know what I mean? After that, you sleep, you, you rev it up again, you're fine, man. But don't be spiritually jaded. The moment you're spiritually jaded, the devil will pull you lower and lower and lower down. So, 2024, come alive, man. Come alive. Tell your neighbor, come alive. Come on, tell your neighbor, come alive. Come alive. In the balcony, online as well. Please, love, for heaven's sake, wake up. Hey, today we heard Ephesians, right? Wake up, right? Correct or not? Wake up from your sleep. Wake up, wake up. Because we have to redeem the time. You cannot just be lulled into complacency on that kind of a spirit where you are frustrated, disappointed, a whole life gloomy one, whole life no joy one. Remember, you're saying, the joy of the Lord is my strength, correct or not? Hey, do you believe it or not? Huh? The joy of the Lord is your strength. You got no strength because you got no joy. Whole life fight, 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 fight. Whole life try, try. Whole life unhappy, whole life grumpy. You know, what is this, man? Please, you know what I mean? So can I encourage you? Uh, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Jesus must remain in heaven until the time comes from God to restore everything. So he's still there. So God is restoring everything. In the meantime, before he comes back again, he's still in heaven. What do we do? Repent, turn to God so that times of refreshing will come from the Lord. The Lord wants to refresh you. Amen. The Lord has no joy to look you languish whole life, la, complain whole life, frustrated whole life. Look, if you don't pluck yourself out from the pit, huh, you'll be forever there in 2025, I understand? 2026 or so, you're still there. Come on. 2024, come alive, man. Come alive. Amen. There will be greater times of refreshing from the Lord. It is time for you to come back to come. Everybody follow after me. I want to be rejuvenated. Everybody, I want to be refreshed. I want to be revived. I want to serve again. I want to come alive in the new year. Come on, let's give glory to God. Amen. Do that. Do that. 2024. I speak now especially to the head houses. We had a wonderful men's camp. Come on, don't let the fire fade. Let the fire burn. We said that's not right. Let it burn. You take the lead, man, over your family. Pray for your family. Come on. Don't let your wife punch you and then poke you all the time. You now chew choke your wife. Come on, let's go, man. Take your children. Let's go and serve the Lord. Should we do that? Amen. I better be carried away. So all the more, we need to draw closer to God in the coming days, all right? Because God will send His angels to minister to you. Why? Because Hebrews chapter 10, 1 verse 14 says, Are not angels ministering spirits to serve those? So if you draw close to God, you will never be jaded because God will send His angels to refresh you. That's what He did to Jesus, right? In Gethsemane, right? Angels sent to Jesus to minister to him. Uh, so he will do the same to you. But you must want it, understand? You must want to be refreshed. And then angels will be sent by God to minister and refresh you. Now I'm going to finish in the next five minutes. The last two are put together. In the coming days, when there are increased angelic activities, two other things will happen and I want you to listen to me. There will be greater revival, both local and regional. 
it will take place and Malaysia will be one of them. Malaysia will be one of them. Amen? Pockets of revival, whether it be a church or whether it be a region, and then they will coalesce, become bigger and bigger region. That's what will happen in the last days. But with revival comes greater reaping. There will be an increased harvest of souls as we come to the second. This is the will of God. I shared with you about the finance, right? It is still ongoing. And this is the latest from Barubian. Barubian in November or end of November wrote to me. He said, the spiritual revival amongst the penans in the upper Limbang is very real. The Spirit of God is pouring over Sarawak. Whatever that we did there is not wasted. Pastor Lee Chu is going there next year, even, even in January of earliest that, to spearhead more prayer. And they are hungry for prayer. They want to pray. They want to reach out to their kind. And this is what Barubian Road. Pastor Martin Labo, a pastor working amongst the Penans in Abang Adang, Upper Limbang Sarawak, just shared through our chat group today that a revival-like signs had occurred amongst the Penans. It started over a monthly, monthly combined service, the 26th of November. They have been praying together for long hours, seeking repentance and asking forgiveness of one another. They are now even calling their friends and family members from outside to come back and ask forgiveness and strong desire for reconciliation. Now, they're calling back. This is infectious. This is spreading. This is early December, you know. What I'm trying to say is this. Anticipate revival. Prepare your hearts to receive revival and be involved in it. How? Uh, reaping of souls. Because ultimately, revival is always unto the harvest. Always. How do we know revival is there? When there are salvation of souls, revival is always unto the harvest. When God revives you, revives you so that you can now go to the workplace and influence and reach out to your friends. God doesn't revive you to give goosebumps and that's it. For what? Revival is always unto the harvest. That's why when God says, in the end days, you will see greater angelic activity is always to the reaping of souls. Again, the same thing. I look at scripture. Is there an association between the coming of the Holy Spirit revival and harvest? Yes. Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2 was quoted in Acts, right? The Holy Spirit will come and, and, and an old man will see vision, dream dreams. And then he goes on to say, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. Revival is always unto the harvest. So in 2024, my friend, go out and pluck the low-hanging fruits. Go to your workplace. Go out. Share the colleges. Bring your friends. It's going to be a mighty harvest of souls. 
Because that's what angels do. That's why in Revelation chapter 14, verse 14 and 30, it is the angels in the end times they will reap. In Matthew chapter 13, in the parable of the test and the wheat and the wheat, the interpretation is that angels will come in the end days and they will harvest with a sickle. Correct or not? Scripture always explains scripture. So now as we understand what Jesus is saying to Nathaniel, you say I'm a prophet because of this simple thing. But I tell you the truth. You will see greater things. Angels coming up and down the Son of Man inside you and inside me. Greater revelation. God will send greater warfare to fight on your behalf, to fight on our behalf in our nation. God will send greater refreshing in our spirit so that as we fight, we are also refreshed. We will not be jaded, understand? God will send greater revival in our lives. God will also send greater reaping and there will be a mighty harvest. So don't you want that? Come on, you want that? Give God a good clap, friend. Shall we do that? Come on. Whoa! Greater things to come. This is what's going to happen in 2024 when we move into alignment with God. If not, 2024 will be no difference from all the other years. But I believe even if you step into the new year in a few minutes' time, anticipate. Take from what God wants us to do, to take the church to the next level, understand? Everybody say, greater things to come. One more time, greater things to come. Even in our own church, and this is where I will contextualize to the SIBKL now, as I now lead to the year-end video. Even for us, we have experienced and seen so many salvations and miracles and healings and all kinds of testimonies this year. It has been an outstanding year of salvation, and this is it. These are all the calls at Christmas. Main church, Chinese church, live gen. So many people were saved during Christmas season, you know. You know what I mean? Come on, let's give out a good clap of friction with that. This is a harvest season. Why? Because we align with God. Look, if you and I obey God uh, and believe God at His word, uh, God will then work in your life, right? If your whole life doubt Him, la, whole life got disbelief, la, whole life got, got sin, whole life do things are wrong, how can God bless her? But because we walk right with God, believe His Word, and His Word is real and operational in our life, in the church life, it opens the door for God to work, right? And how does God work? Salvations. And this is exactly what has happened this year. In 2023, the main church 41 at Christmas and all the services, 219, 73 church plants. All together this year, 292 salvations. Come on, let's give God a good clap offering. Whoa. The number of people baptized in the main church, 237 church plants, 48, 285 people obeyed the Lord in water baptism. Isn't this amazing? Come on, you want to give God a good clap offering? Give Him a good clap offering. God is in the house. So what I'm trying to say to you is, I'm not telling you fiction. I'm not telling you something that doesn't jadi one. Because we believe in God, huh? because we do what is right and righteous before God, God is in the house. Don't you think so? Every week when you come to the service, aren't you encouraged? 
aren't you encouraged? I see families coming back to God. I see people who are jaded, people who have left God, who, whose fire has, has gone off. Come to SIB, revive again. Isn't this God? So God is in the house. Amen. Come on, once again, let's give God a good clap offering. Want to bless the Lord. Amen. And this is what I want to say this to you before I called upon the testimonies to come. Two testimonies. It will blow your mind. Because I want to earth what I say to you into lives. So that when you hear these testimonies, you know Pastor Chu is not telling you... I was going to say, come on, full story. I mean, I'm not. It is true. You know what I mean? Lives are changed. What I'm going to invite two people to share. Miracles are happening and God is at work in the house. So all you, I need to do is, it, don't, it doesn't happen to them. It can happen to you. Happen to me, understand? Because God is here, ma. Amen? Alright? So, this is what I'm going to say. You know, we have 1,000 over visitors every year. One. Over 1,468 visitors as of December this year. Do you know that out of this 1,468, only 16.8% are integrated in. 247, not bad, over 20%. Not integrated, 68.4%. Others, 3.1%. In progress, now, all in all, maybe about 20 to 30% at most are integrated. What I'm trying to say to you is this. 1,500 visitors come and visit SIBKL. Come on, church. Welcome them. Accept them. Help us integrate them. If you see a newcomer, be warm to them. Bring them to the hospital. Follow them up. Because they already visit your church, ma. Do you think so? So I, I want to say for 2024, is it okay uh, if SIBKL be a little bit more hospitable? Everybody be a little bit warm. Do you think so? Because after all, this is your house, right? When people come to your house, you welcome them or not? Yes, same. This is your house. So welcome them to your house and make sure that they get integrated now. I'm now going to invite the first testimony. His name is Dr. Casey Chui. He is an endocrinologist working in Ampang Putri Hospital. So he's going to come up with his wife, Jasmine. He was blind. But now he's not blind. He will share with you, a doctor cannot say I'm not blind. Doctor may say blind me, you're blind now, right? So he will tell you how God has healed him. Dr. Chui. Uh, thank you, Pastor Chui. So, greetings uh, to my dear brothers and sisters here. I'm honoured to be able to stand here to share my testimony with you today. So, um, in February 2022, last year, I started experiencing some glare in my vision. Initially, I thought it may be a problem adjusting to my new spectacles and I did not pay much attention to it. However, this glare became worse and a week later as I was driving, I felt a sudden darkening of vision as though a certain cut curtain or veil was uh, coming over my eyesight. So the sense of fear and panic came and I had to immediately get admitted to hospital for tests. The results of the initial MRI scan were not very clear, 
but they showed the possibility of something abnormal in the brain. So all this came as a very big shock to me and my family. From being a doctor myself, I became a patient and I had to, went and had, had to go through various tests and scans while experiencing the fear and uncertainty of the future. So as time went by, my vision continued to get worse and worse and I was unable to drive or go to work. So I went through the most difficult time of my life with sleepless nights and negative thoughts that tormented me. So the doctors who treated me were initially hopeful and positive, but as time went by, their words changed and they felt that the likelihood of recovery was poorer and poorer as time went by. So for months and months, my schedule revolved around the hospital, either being admitted for treatment or going to clinics for follow-up tests and further treatment as well. But throughout this time, I had been very blessed to have supportive family and friends who had journeyed with me, praying and seeking God for His healing power. Without them, I would have been so hopeless and depressed. So I'd like to thank dear brothers and sisters from SIBKL for constantly praying with us and encouraging us through the difficult times. I went out for almost every altar call to seek for prayer until Pastor Chu could recognize me already. So if I were to tell you that just after one prayer session I was healed and everything went back to normal, that would be very, very great. But God has his own timing and plans. After months of struggle and uncertainty, my vision stopped getting worse. I tried to overcome the difficulties by increasing the font size and brightness on the phone and computer and other ways. But as time went by, I realized I could slowly see things a bit clearer day by day. It is hard to pinpoint the exact changes, but I was thankful that God was allowing this improvement to happen. The doctors managing me were amazed, as even they had lost hope that there could be such recovery happening. Now I'm happy to testify that I'm able to do everything that I need to do, and I'm back to work and serving patients in hospital. Praise God. I'm now able to understand and empathize with the fears and struggles that my patients go through. And I can share with them as well that even when things are tough and hope seems so distant, God is always here with us. All glory to God. Amen. Whoa, come on, let's give out a good clap offering. Thank you so much. God bless you, doctor. God bless you. Thank you so much. He had optic atrophy. In other words, optic nerve atrophy. No way when the nerve atrophies, it can regenerate again. I remember Dr. Chui coming to see me, as we rightly say, every week. As weeks went on, months went on. He said, Pastor, I cannot see the words. I very blur. And then the time came, I cannot see at all. And I lost touch with him. I thought, that's it. But I was so surprised to see him one day in the lobby, I says, you're okay? I say, Pastor, I can see. Let's give God a call.
Before I show you the year-end video and call Pastor Lee Chu to take us into prayer, I want to call the second testimony, Donald and Daisy, to testify what happened. What happened? You know them? <laughs> what happened to their son, Isaac? All right. What happened? Isaac was a very difficult child. And today, look at them. Come on, let's go to God and clap offering for the whole family, Donald and Daisy. That's Isaac. And, and what's her name? Isabel. Uh, Isabel. All right, come. There's Isaac, there's Isabel, there's Daisy, there's Donald. Right, wow. <laughs> Good evening, church. Um, Pastor Chu has already introduced uh, both my children. Otherwise, I would tell you that this is Mickey and Minnie. Um, okay, quick introduction. My name is Daisy, again. My husband, Donald. Um, Isaac, he's seven. Uh, and Isabel is five years old. Um, allow me to begin with um, giving God's praise and thanks first. Heavenly Father, thank you for your unconditional love and grace upon us. Your faithfulness never once fails us. Your hands of work never cease to amaze us. Thank you for your divine opportunity tonight that we believe is not by coincidence. None of us are here by chance. This is a divine appointment by God for all of us to be here. Therefore, God, we humbly ask that you bless our testimony. Use us as your instrument to touch hearts and life as intended by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our heartfelt thanks and gratefulness to uh, Pastor Chiu and SIB for giving us this on-stage sharing opportunity. It's a privilege in, indeed. Today, the main um, topic of the testimony is about my boy, Isaac. Isaac, he is born on um, February 2016. Just like any first-time parents, his birth is with much anticipation, expectations, and joy, of course. Just like any firstborn, we do everything by the book, right? I'm sure parents, you know, you have lots and lots of books for your firstborn, right? Then the adventure began. Um, two months old, his first admission to hospital for RSV bronchitis. Then seven months food poisoning, because he's a baby, right? So he needs to be admitted. 10 months, he contracted influenza A. 17 months, he contracted um, acute otitis media. For a lot of you, this is a very foreign term, right? I also learned this for the first time ever in my life. It's actually a middle ear infection. How on earth did he manage to pick up all these viruses? I don't know. We used to have an emergency bag in each of our car, ever ready to be overnight in hospital. Every few months we are in the hospital, staying overnight there. Just when we thought, after 17 months, okay, that's the worst. What could possibly be uh, happening anymore, right? Guess what? 24 months, 
a shoe cabinet in our new house, we just moved into a new house, fell onto him. <laughs> yes, um, luckily it's uh, a very narrow entrance corridor, so the uh, shoe cabinet actually fell at a 45 degree angle. Yeah, um, but the shoe cabinet door actually flung open and he has a cut on his nose. 36 months, three years old, he had a second operation for a uh, chin laceration, a very deep cut. Well, um, for now, is it enough already for the roller coasters of events? Oh, that's only the physical part. Now, um, let me share with you his uh, developmental journey. Um, Isaac basically missed all his developmental milestones. By 17 months, he still could not stand without holding on to something to support. So every day I picked up, I pick him up from the care center, he is happily scooting on the ground. Not a day went by without us receiving messages or report that Isaac fell down. Isaac actually uh, managed to walk without support independently at the month of around 18 months. And ever since then, every time, every day, we receive messages, report that Isaac fell down. And his fall is not just a minor fall. It's always head down. So therefore, that time, um, there's always a blue-black bump on Isaac's forehead because he's kept falling head down when he tries to walk. That is when we start to sense that, okay, this is not right. We took him to the hospital, uh, lots and lots of tests. Um, he's diagnosed with an epilepsy condition known as myoclonic atonic epilepsy at 30 months, about 30 months. It's a condition where the, when the seizure hits, he basically, he's conscious, but he's just basically lost control of his limbs. Um, that's why he always fall down head on. It's an uncommon type of epilepsy, best described as, I describe it as a, a short circuit of signals in the part of brain that control your limbs movement. Well... This is a nuclear explosion to us, actually. Now it all makes sense of why he missed all his earliest developmental milestones. From then on, as though we have not enough um, hospital visits, right? It's a non-stop trips to doctors after doctors to get him the right medicine combinations for his seizures, brain scan, EEG, you name it, we've done it. We pour over the internet for his, um, to learn about more about his condition, what is seizures, what is epilepsy, trying every other alternative way, so on and on. And of course, engaging him with lots and lots of therapy sessions speech therapy, OT, ABA, EIP, IEP, you name it. Been there, done that. But of course, he's still doing it. Due to his condition during then, um, we could not take our eyes off him. Not at home, school, anywhere else. 
due to the impending risk of falling anytime, anywhere. Unless you have walked through a similar path like us, it is really hard to feel what we have been through for those years. The despair, frustrations, hopelessness, desperations, emotions breakdowns in the middle of the night asking God, why? Broken-heartedness when you heard him cry in the emergency room. And time and again, endless meltdowns as we do not understand what he wants and vice versa. Basically, it's just years and days of chaos daily. Amidst all this came the devil's temptations. And it comes through someone that is um, trusted, very trusted, very close to me. Multiple times, I have been suggested to seek other ways to try and see if it helps. Perhaps, you know, something about his previous life, perhaps there's something that's attached to him, if you know what I'm talking about. Etc. As the, and and it's, it's come to me as disguised as no harm trying. You know, as parents, when it comes to our children, out of desperation, these suggestions are almost irresistible options. I must admit that at my lowest emotional point, I did ponder over it. Yeah, perhaps right, perhaps. But God's grace is unsurmountable. Amen. We didn't fall into the devil's trap. We keep our faith intact. Trusting God's purpose amidst the why. Trusting God's way of how. Trusting God's hand to bring us the right who. Our God is a present God. You know, we used to bring uh, Isaac to church before MCO, weekends, um, every Sunday, 11 o'clock. But we only managed to get through the opening worships during then, and we have to leave very quickly because the situations can get very disruptive and out of hands when he has his meltdowns after the worship. A couple of months back, somehow God just moved me in telling my husband Donald that, hey, Let's bring Isaac to church Sunday morning because he wakes up very early. Donald was very skeptical. Um, okay, <laughs> due to the pre-MCO experience, right? Nevertheless, he proceeded to take Isaac to church with an exit plan. He chose the seat closest to the exit door. <laughs> Getting ready to grab and go the instant anything goes south, which means if Isaac were to have a meltdown. I was all standby with my phone at home, looking at the clock, tick-tock, 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 counting down to receive a call anytime, telling me that we have to leave the service because things just got out of hand. Guess what? Not only did Isaac went through the worships, he actually sat through the entire service till the end. Praise God. 
No fuss, with full attention throughout, just like tonight. He just sat through the entire session. Amen. We were like, wow. He loves the worship music, easy, but for his cognitive level, for his age, he's only about half his age currently. No words are surface to describe the moment of awe with God's divine connection with Isaac. Praise God. Today, Isaac is definitely much better. I believe God is healing him and he will be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Tell me if this is not God's performing miracle, right? Ever since that one faithful church service, now, every Sunday morning, Isaac will be the first to wake up and get ready by himself. Hurrying daddy to go to church. A big, big contrast to the other mornings of the week, dragging his feet to leave the house in the morning. You know, every morning we need about 30 minutes just to get the children to put on their socks and shoes. Seeing Isaacs in church is such a powerful message and pick me up from our Heavenly Father. I want to leave one note to the church today. Is You know, I used to ask myself a lot, why me? I asked God, why Isaac? But today, I no longer ask that. I told God that, why not me? All of us is a creation of God. We are called the masterpiece. And I am very privileged that God entrusted His masterpiece with my care. Thank you, God. With Praise this, the Lord. I shall conclude our testimony. Praise God. God bless. Thank you. After every service, you see a little young boy hugging me, that's him. <laughs> Come on, once again, let's give quite a good clap offering for Donald, Daisy, Isaac. Thank you so much indeed. Okay, I'm going to, in a short while, invite Pastor Lee Shu to take us in a time of prayer. Before that, I want to show you the year-end video, just a summary of this year as Pastor Lee Shu gets ready to come onto the stage. Roll the year-end video. Amen. <laughs> 